Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. Uh, the day after signing day, I've got Jerry Hamilton, the venerable Jerry Hamilton, alongside uh, today uh, with the, uh, I guess, signing day now looking over his shoulder in that shadow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sleep, sleep is looking over my shoulder. Yes. Uh, we're getting up early on um, uh, the day after signing day to bring you this uh, uh, podcast, video cast uh, to talk to you about uh, really the Longhorns as a whole. Uh, we spent a lot of time yesterday in the in the minutes leading up to it, uh, not necessarily analyzing the class as much as talking about what news was going on. Uh, so for today, Jerry and I thought it would be smart to kind of take uh, a couple steps back and kind of really review the class and what we think of it from an athletic standpoint, from a fit standpoint, uh, and whether or not Steve Sarkeesian and his uh, talented guys uh, got the people they really needed uh, to fit the bill. And, and to do that, Jerry and I talked about it, and we think the best way is to go position by position. Right. Uh, we may assign a grade. Uh, we may uh, try to give you a, a better uh, understanding, really, I guess, of what we're thinking overall uh, as it pertains to that. Uh, Jerry, I, I think that we would be remiss if we didn't start with Arch Manning, uh, the nation's number one quarterback. There is not much left to be said. I mean, you and I have talked about this ad nauseum, and we're not the only ones. Right. Uh, so fans that are listening to this podcast, they've heard it over and over. At the same time, uh, it's imperative that, you know, we let it be known where we feel, what we feel about him uh, as a prospect, because so many people have tried to tear him down. Yes. A little bit. And, and we talked about that uh, yesterday, and, and I think it's true. Um, give us your feeling on Arch Manning, the quarterback. We're going to start with quarterbacks and what you think uh, of him uh, as uh, a uh, prospect and an addition to the University of Texas. Yeah, I think as, as a prospect, uh, as quick a release as you'll see. Um, obviously, technically, he's far advanced, as he should be, right? Um, the, he can make all the all the throws from the pocket. He has the arm strength to make all the throws. Really throws post-corner well. Um, really throws corner routes well. Uh, but then he can make the off-platform throws. He's a better athlete than people will give him credit for. I think his senior year, the movement skills at 215, 220 pounds were very impressive compared to, uh, you know, when he was 10 pounds less as a junior. Uh, I think he he stands in the pocket. He's willing to take hits. He plays under duress. He's had to play under duress at Isidore Newman, and I think that helps him so much, and I, help, I think that actually helps him or makes him easier to evaluate than the guy who plays in the perf on the perfect team in the perfect system that takes shotgun snap that throws the first read 99% of the time because that guy's always open. Arch is not in a system like that. He was not on a team like that. So he had to play under duress. He had to make quarterback plays at the high school level more than scheme uh, set up plays. And I think that's it shows you so much about his skill set and where his talent can take him. And I also think it helps – he's a little advanced – in his preparation for college because he played under duress. I think that is what makes some quarterbacks very hard to evaluate these days. I, no, you think about it, and, and let's put it this way, okay? Well, some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL played on really crappy high school teams. Yeah. I mean, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, they were nobodies. Right. Um, and it wasn't because they didn't have the inherent talent. It's because you couldn't see it because they were under duress all day, every day. That's right. Um, 
And of course, they, you know, the, comparing them to those two guys are, are, may not be the right ones. But you're you're hitting on a point that is a lot of people say, oh well, he's not like Jackson Arnold, for example, at Denton Guy, great quarterback in my opinion, right. tremendous pickup by uh, Oklahoma. He will be their quarterback of the future. That being said, you know he he was under a duress not often, and when he was, they lost some games. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. that, that's that's how it works. That's um, how it works. I, I also think that uh, the underregarded part or the the part that gets blown out that we need to hit on is he's a Manning. He gets he gets the benefit of the doubt because yes. of that. To some degree, I agree with that. He does get the benefit of the doubt. It also also I would say he gets the benefit of that, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, because you can't have one without the other. Uh, we've talked about him ad nauseum, like I mentioned. Uh, I think it's safe to say that our grade uh, for the quarterback recruitment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. would be an A plus, right? Yes. Uh, you, you and I are both on, on that same page uh, for that. All right, let's go on to running backs. Uh, Texas took two running backs in this class. Cedric Baxter out of Orlando's Edgewater High School, uh, the nation's number one ranked recruit at running back on, in the on three consensus, and Trey Wisner. Uh, Jerry, uh, tell us your thoughts on those two. And I think one thing that Steve Sarkeesian mentioned in his press conference yesterday is he's not necessarily looking for two of the same guys in a class. Right. He's looking for complementary acts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, for sure. And that's exactly what these two guys are. Uh, Cedric Baxter is your traditional downhill running back that also does have edge quickness and I think probably sneaky long speed. He hasn't been tested in a while on electronic uh, 40, but the last time he was before his junior year, he ran four, five, six at 204 pounds. So, and I don't think all the time he looks that fast in his ride out speed, but he clearly is tested uh, very well in the past. Uh, I think, I think that maybe the most impressive thing about Baxter to me is um, in the hole, the jump cut, the skip cut, right? The one cut, the reverse spin move he showed this year, right? At 215 pounds, his ability, that vision and that ability to get to the second level like a smaller back stands out to me. And then I think he's got contact uh, balance. He's got contact power, but also it's an aggression with him. He also wants to stiff arm a guy to the ground. He also wants to finish that run. Um, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. I think the most maybe the most impressive thing about Cedric, though, is He's a the kid's a great leader now. I mean, and I've said this before, and I think this factors into him as a player, as a prospect. Is you know he's out with a right hamstring injury. I'm at Edgewater practice. He's in the huddle in every play. Five star running back, five star talents. They don't always do that. They're off to the side hanging out. The guy was involved in every play. He was pushing the younger running backs. He was helping them with the plays. He was pushing his teammates. He was pushing physicality. Uh, and he's shown something. He's Rashawn Johnson's different because he's a quarterback, but Cedric Baxter showed a little bit of that to me. I mean, when you're injured is when that stuff really shows. And he showed that. So you put the talent 
uh, that you see on the tape with that. And I think you have a home run as a prospect, as a running back. And then the final piece to him, yeah, he's six, one and a half, 215 pounds. He's not even scratched the surface physically. He's, he's a typical Florida kid from a public school. They don't have the athletic period set up. They don't have uh, what Texas and Georgia has, right? So he, he's going to be six, one and a half, 230 pounds. He's going to look a lot different by August than he does right now. I, I think that's fine. I, I think you add him and Trey Wisner together. Who Trey is more of that rideout guy. We saw in yes. the state championship game. He's the guy that <laughs> takes the swing pass and can take it to the house, make one guy miss and yep. hit the Jets. He did that on two occasions in, in that state championship game. I feel like uh, that's where Sark is looking for. He's looking for that mix and match uh, that is so imperative. Uh, Jerry, for the grades for these two, uh, and I know you're extraordinarily high on Cedric Baxter. A, A plus. I, 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 only, I, I don't, I say this because, you know, ideally you take one quarterback and it's the best quarterback in the country. So right. you're not using right. a, an additional scholarship. With running back, you're taking two to get one, really. Yeah. So I, I put that more of an A A plus range. What What are your thoughts on that? What would What would your grades be? I think that's I think it's an A. Um, and I say that because so Trey Wisner came up from the three A level to the big boy level, right? His first half of the year wasn't his best, but his last half he really came on. If you talk to the Desoto staff, they thought it was a different player last half of the season versus the first half of the season. Um, and so I think I think that because you don't have two, I think they have they're good complementary backs, like what Steve Sarkeesian's looking for. I'm gonna say A though, because if Jonathan Brooks, heaven forbid Jonathan Brooks and uh Cedric Baxter had injuries and Trey Weiser was forced into being the number one back, I don't think he can he, that's what he is. Yeah, he's not a he's not a number one, right? To your point, and that's where you start and I don't want to use I hate to use the term boutique backs that's my term for keelan robinson right for example uh he's a little different than keelan in that he's a little bit taller mm -hmm. uh, but i don't necessarily know that he's tougher i mean keelan robinson's a tough dude tough now. Yeah. i mean you look at what he does on special teams right I, I i agree with you i i can i can understand that let's go on to wide receivers uh at, at any rate i would say really <laughs> you can't be disappointed when you bring no uh, when we're discussing a or a plus it's a it's a home yeah. run yeah exactly all right wide receivers Jonte Cook and Ryan Niblett. Um, now, I would say this. Of all the guys Texas was involved with this entire recruiting cycle, to come away with just two might be a little bit of a disappointment. The two they got, though, are not disappointments. Right. Um, uh, Cook, though, is the only one that we believe is ready to go probably yes. from day one. Yes which is a little different because Niblet is more that, I mean, he not only does he play multiple positions, running back, wide receiver, quarterback, defensive back, punter, punter, punt returner in high school, but he also runs track. Yeah. I mean, he's not working out with a one-on-one uh, -on -one receiver coach like John Tay Cook is. Correct. So the uh, time, the, the time in the oven for Ryan Niblet, he's going to need more time to bake. Yes. John Tay Cook though, of, of all the receivers in the state of Texas, may be the most ready. So tell us what you think about these two, again, as a mix, and the fact that there's only two, what does that mean to you? Well, I think the first thing when you look at both those guys is Texas continues to address speed. 
Uh, Ryan Niblett's explosive player. Jontae Cook plays fast with a football uh, tucked under his arm. That's right? a great point. Great point, Jerry. I, I mean, so they're they're addressing the speed concerns uh, in the program from when Sark got there. And both of those guys can make somebody miss and go from four to 50 or 60 or 70. And that's what the program continues to need, in my opinion. Uh, Jontae Cook, obviously, far advanced as a route runner. He's going to come in this spring. And he's going to look like a college-ready player. Uh, what DeSoto staff told me that I thought was true based on what I had seen from Jontez, they said he matured this year. Not off the field, but on the field. Uh, playing through some adversity better. Um, catching the ball more consistently. And it's not hands. It's concentration. That's a maturity on the field. And that when you start maturing on the field, that it gives you the ability to be more of a leader to young kids. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Right? I mean... So you're not talking about things you're not doing. So that maturity, I think, is was big for him. Uh, and and really, he had to take a leadership role with some very talented skill players at DeSoto and help them win a state championship. Ryan Niblett, very explosive. He's stronger than you think. Jonte is, too, now. Jonte's a legit 5'11", 180, and it's muscle. Uh, Ryan Niblett, I think people thought, well, he's a slight of build, shorter receiver. You know, he's 5'10", and three quarters and he's 175 and he's gonna be 180 pounds he's a strong kid uh, uh naturally both upper body and lower body and he's got that track explosive ability uh he's more of a catch and run guy right now the biggest thing for niblet is going to be running around running a comeback getting out of his cut getting his head around getting his arms uh, extended and snatching the ball out of the air with his hands. I think he can do it. I just don't think he has a lot of experience doing it with a division one quarterback. And I think that is kind of be his process. But I think this addressing the speed like they have, I don't know what the grade you're going to pop up there, but you know, I think obviously they'd like to get like to have signed one more high school receiver and maybe they still will. Um, but I, there you go. I, I'm going a minus. Yeah, I think that's fair. And, and this is where, I think that if you were just looking at Jonte Cook in a vacuum, you would give it an A. Mm -hmm. it's best receiver in the state of Texas. Okay. But you also took a developmental, talented developmental prospect and right. Ryan Niblett when there were other guys out there, Jalen Hale, Jaden Greathouse, some guys that were also uh, probably more ready to go. Right. Okay. Um, and so let's see how this one pans out and what perhaps they might do in the portal. Uh, because I think that that's one of those things that we have to be uh, cognizant of uh, as we start uh, talking about recruiting in general. Over and the one thing that speaks to Niblett's talent level before you move on the tight end is, look, Nick Saban flew into Houston and went and watched Ryan Niblett work out. He didn't then get in the car and go to Langham Creek to watch, watch Jaquay's Petaway. So that's how talented the, Nick Saban, the Alabama staff, feels like Ryan Niblett is. He was one of those guys that got the special treatment in the spring from Saban, the real evaluation in person. Got it. So just All remember right. that, Texas fans. Yeah. All right, let's go to tight ends real quick. Yep. Uh, two of them Texas brings in. Uh, Spencer Shannon out of Modern Day and Will Randall uh, out of uh, Isadora Newman. Randall ending his season with an injury. 
so has not been talked about as much. Shannon um, is is a guy that I think is just a ball of clay uh, at uh, modern day, uh, a, a good one. Uh, and so, uh, Jerry, your your thoughts here? I actually really like these two tight ends. Um, would you like to have a downfield receiving threat? Sure. Um, that's that's another conversation. Texas still after Deuce Robinson, but I like complementary tight ends like this in a class. So Spencer Shannon has a chance to be a difference maker as an inline blocker. He should be 6'6", 6'7", 255, 260 pounds, right? Um, that can be a real difference uh, for the Texas team in the run game moving forward. I really like Will Randall as a player. You know, seeing him as a senior, Bobby, it made me think of Andrew Beck a little bit. You know, Andrew Beck coming out of plant, played linebacker, played some tight end, played special teams, did it all well. Whatever he was asked to do, he did well. He wasn't the biggest guy. He wasn't the fastest guy. He wasn't the best athlete. He's still pulling a check in the NFL. Will Randall, when I went to see him this year, he's playing edge or line, and a linebacker. He's the, uh, running down on special teams. Then, obviously, he's top playing tight end. Very versatile, very similar to Andrew Beck. I'm interested to see how it turns out. But there are some similarities as far as a comparison uh, with those two players coming out of high school. Yeah, I, I look at this, Jerry, and and I am I'm real big on Spencer Shannon. Uh, I, I think Will Randall is the catch guy. I think he's the if you're looking for a tight end H back that that's going to yes. be open yes. and get himself open. He's the guy. I think Spencer Shannon has NFL traits. Yeah. To your point, right? Andrew Beck's in the NFL. Uh, you know, uh, he has, and, and Eric Nalin, our publisher inside Texas, called him a lot, Spencer Shannon, a lot like Jeff Swain, just a bigger guy. Right. But he does all the dirty work. He does all the things, and he comes from a great program. Yeah. So you know he's going to be well-versed. The The grade here is a little bit different. And, and this is where I think that you and I are probably on the same page. We don't know. Because I think so much of this, uh, Randall's injured, right? Yep. Shannon is a starter project. Right. You know, good good ball of clay, right? Yeah. But we don't know what he's going to look like in two years. Uh, I went anywhere from a B- minus to a C. Because uh, to your point, Jatavian Sanders is the ideal for, for Steve Sarkeesian right. because he can go down the seam and really light people up. I'm going to go B minus. I'm just going to give the benefit of the doubt to uh, Jeff Banks and Sarkeesian combo on this one. Okay. I, th I think that's totally fine. I, I think that if we don't do that, you know, you have to, you have to think of it in a way uh, where Texas is uh, concerned with that. Uh, but uh, I, I feel like, look, I'm, I'm, I came out publicly on inside Texas and told you what I thought of Spencer Shannon. I think he may end up being the steal of the class. Right. Uh, but that's, two years down the road, not right. next year, right? All right, let's talk about the offensive line uh, and Kyle Flood's group um, and what you think of that group as a whole, uh, starting with Jaden Chapman, uh, who is the highest rank of the group, Jerry, and then go on down the list however you want to go. I think it, I think it's an interesting uh, class because in the last class, you could kind of peg guys at certain positions. Kelvin Banks, left tackle. Uh, Cam Williams, right tackle. Neto, swing guy. Ogbo guard, Cole Hudson guard, Connor Robertson center, right? Or Hudson center guard. This class, I think, is a lot of upside guys. Connor Stroh obviously is an interior guy. 
Kojo, we don't know yet. Jaden Chapman, we don't know yet. Uh, Trevor Gooseby, right tackle, right? Uh, more than likely. Uh, this is an upside class, but I think this is class blends tremendously with the 2022 class because these kids have time. These guys have time to get physically uh, developed and, and technically developed and get where they need to be. Uh, obviously, what I like about this class, and I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I believe every single guy has an 80-plus inch wingspan. You know, I think we're, we're, we're missing one there, Peyton Kirkland. So Peyton oh. Kirkland, fifth. So, um, you know, all, all five of those guys have 80-inch wingspans or more. And obviously, arm length is what the offensive line guys look for. We don't always have the arm length measurements, but we do have a wingspan measurement, which gives you a pretty good idea. Um, but I like this group uh, because, look, they're large humans. They fit the profile. Um, there's upside guys physically, Gooseby and Chapman. Um, there's Kojo, who's going to be barely 17 still when he enrolls. So who knows where he's going to go. But I like the frames. Uh, I like how guys like Kojo and Stroh and Gooseby look very much improved from junior to senior tape. So I think um, their trajectory is heading in the right direction. So let me say, let me say this. Okay. Um, and when we put it in uh, context, um, I would say Jaden Chapman from an athletic standpoint belongs in that he would have been among the top five offensive linemen they signed last year. Yes. I think Kojo and Kirkland would have fit in that four to seven range from last year. I'm not sure Stroh and Gooseby are in that same category. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What, do you, what, are your, what is your take on that? Do you, yeah. I, I know yeah. they're a little bit different because Stroh is such a big guy. Gooseby, again, l- really, really lean at this yes. point in his career. And yes. Texas took a big guy last year like that, Neto, but Neto's not lean. No. Like Gooseby's Goose. almost Alfio Randall lean, right? Right. Lower legs, that just the, the way he's built. Um, uh, a similar athlete, by the way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree with that. I think I think it's going to be interesting. Um, I think Connor Stroh is going to be an interesting guy for me because – I, I see quicker feet junior to senior year, and he should. He's reshaping his body, right? As being a, he's been a big kid that's a power lifter that's transitioning to a football prospect, right? Um, I thought his improvement was big time from junior to senior year. I also liked how aggressive he was, how he looked to finish blocks. I I think there's he. I think he's going to have a chance of like maybe like a Spencer Shannon, not that level, but I think he, Connor Stroh's in that conversation was surprise of the class. I think the buy-in he has with Kyle Flood, the buy-in at the Texas program. I mean, think about that. Both parents went to Texas A&M. I mean, the buy-in at Texas, the belief in Texas, the belief in what he's doing and the belief in where he's going, I think are going to matter with him. All right, this is going to be uh, – I'm going to give you – this is my grade on okay. the offense more than yours, and I want you to give yours uh, independent of mine. But um, I went B-plus to a B. Um, look, if this were the class they took last year instead of this year following on those tremendous class of a year ago, I actually might grade this lower. 
because they needed more impact last right. year. Right. And I don't know that there's impact in this group. Um, that being said, I think they're developmental. <laughs> you know, Peyton Kirkland, uh, Jerry, and Andre Kojo are, I think, have quick feet for big kids. Yes. That, that is just so rare. Uh, I think they're tailor-made guards in the SEC. Yes. I mean, I, that's just the bottom line. I think Chapman is athletic enough to play a tackle. Mm -hmm. um, Stroh and Gooseby will be TBD for me. Right. So that's why I went B plus B for those guys. What are your thoughts? I, I th I'd say B on that just because there's not impact guys. They don't have to be impact guys. And there are they are developmental guys. Um, and, and Gooseby, see where that, where that frame can go, right? And Kojo, uh, you know, it may be three years before you really know what he's going to be. So I'm going B as well, because I just think there's more questions to be answered. Yeah. Um, Jerry, I, I think we're going to call this one uh, for the offense. I, I don't want to go too too much longer uh, today because I know you've got stuff I've, you've got to do. I've got stuff I've got to do. Let's come back and do the defense either okay. later tonight or tomorrow morning Perfect. Uh, for folks. Uh, then also reminder that we have a chat on Friday at one o'clock. It's the Longhorn live stream. Uh, Jerry, I and Ian Boyd join. Uh, we'll be talking a little bit about the uh, recruiting, obviously, uh, some more portal information, as well as the Alamo Bowl coming up now uh, in exactly a week from today. Uh, the Longhorns will be in San Antonio uh, taking on the Washington Huskies. Uh, Jerry, uh, you, you're a stud, man. Uh, another a National Signing Day down, and you did yourself uh, proud. Uh, appreciate your contributions at On Texas Football, Inside Texas, and On3 as well. Thanks you so much, as well, man. Bobby. Thank All you. Right, take, take care, bud. Have a good day. All right, you too.